You're listening to Not So Live from Asteroid G, your dimension-hopping movie that's surprisingly part of a whole cinematic universe. I'm your host, Mike Finkelstein. With me, as always, is... It's, it's Ghoul Mike or Mike the Ghoul or Crypt Keeper. We're going <laughs> to play around and see what works. <laughs> it does kind of apply here because we're going to be talking about Stephen King, and that's horror for the most part, even if this series wasn't particularly... We're going right. to be discussing The Dark Tower, specifically the movie, but I'm, I have a vibe that you and I have both read most of the books and maybe some of the other materials that go along with so we could just make a whole dark tower thing out of this it's been a while i read some of these as a kid and that's going back 30 years and the movie ruined so much for me in my memory (laughs) yeah no i discovered the first book of the series like just sitting in my mom's collection of books she had a lot of stephen king i don't think she actually liked stephen king but she had a lot of Stephen King. So I discovered that book and I read The Gunslinger and The Gunslinger was great. And then I want to say she had a couple of more, The Drawing of the Three and the one that's after that. Um, I can't remember. Anyway, she had those and like they were in like this big overprint sized books. So I have three of them and they were great. And then I just kind of started picking them up over time. And, you know, you read them as a kid and of our age. And so you get four of them, and you're like, where's the fifth one? Where's, I want to <laughs> I, I want to see what happens with the gunslinger. And then Stephen King took a long time to write them. And then he, like, cranked out all of them all at once because he almost died. Um, <laughs> right. And I don't feel like the last three are nearly as good as the first four. And I feel mm-hmm. like the ending of the series, if we want to spoil it, is absolute garbage. And I hate it so very much. But... <laughs> Respect to the man for basically making his version of the Lord of the Rings his way in seven books. <laughs> and that's a lot of material for me to have to catch up on and read. I've maybe read like two of these. My goodness. You got the, the Cliff Notes version, which ones I need to do here. Stephen King's novel is like 800 pages long. Oh like if you're going to do the series, you have to do the whole series or just don't. That's, that's oh also goodness. good. Because if you do you, you so you don't know what the ending is. No, I do not. We can absolutely discuss though, please. Save me thirty so, two hundred yes, pages. Yes. So so the first the first four books are good. They're interesting. They they set up the characters, uh the gunslinger, Jake, uh the two other people that travel with him, a druggie and then uh um an African American woman who each have their own issues. I think she's split personality and she has to merge her personalities over the course of the seven books and become a more complete person and the, the drug guy who's hooked on heroin has to break himself of that and learn to become stronger so that he can be a gunslinger as well. There's a, there's a lot. Um, and then Jake <laughs> Sounds should, like Stephen King, yeah. <laughs> and then after dying in the first book, Jake comes back somehow and then like is there for most of the rest of the series. But and then it just it actually starts tying into like other books. So like if you like the stand, I think the fourth book, Wizard and Glass, has a couple chapters set on the same world as the stand because they walk over into it before wandering somewhere else there's a lot of weirdness it's like they just magically just wander from one novel to another and one world to another another and it just kind of happens but my issue is is so stephen king almost died and that's i mean i'm happy he didn't he's written a lot of decent books people really enjoy him Mm -hmm. he wrote himself into his novels they literally (laughs) travel to earth and help to save him from the car accident that almost killed him Interesting. <laughs> that lost me a little. I think there's some stuff about the like 9-11 that's worked in because he was still processing that in 2003, which a lot of people were. Um, sure. But the part that really bothers me and the part where I was just like, this is bullshit. I'm never going to be able to read these books again is the last chapter of the last book, which spoilers for everyone. I'm ruining these for you, but I'm also saving you. Um, <laughs> so he finally is the only one left alive, the gunslinger Roland. 
makes it to the Dark Tower, climbs the Dark Tower, has the truth of everything revealed to him, which is not revealed to us, and then he set right back on his horse at the start of the whole book series to do it all over again. Oh, very interesting. That's the whole series. And I'm just like, the fuck did I just spend 3,200 pages reading, you asshole? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, okay. In fairness, he puts an author's note saying, I don't think most people are going to like this ending. And you know what? He was right. He's an asshole, okay? Yeah. yeah. Wow, 4,300 pages. I'm looking at it right here between all the novels. That's that's quite a read right there to go in a circle. In a circle. And he's like, well, you know, this time he has the trumpet of one of his friends, which implies that something's going to change. But I was like, but does it? Fuck you, okay? <laughs> no. No. Stephen, Stephen King has a really interesting way of writing things sometimes. And, like, it really – that would make you think, I guess. I think he was – it took a lot of pages, though, to get to a, a very a choose-your-own-adventure kind of thought of mm-hmm. how to make that end. I mean – Let's say it was seven books, but he did that circular ending in the third one. That'd be interesting because then you could explore the events of the books again from a new perspective and see what's changed to maybe he can actually survive his goal. To do it for seven books and to end it there? No. (laughs) As much as I liked the early books and I thought they were great and I've read The Gunslinger more than once, that ending ruined the series for me. However, I can still be mad about the movie because the movie is ass. (laughs) Yeah, the movie's not very good, and I had pretty high hopes for it, you know, seeing the cast, like Idris Elba, Matthew McConaughey, putting their names on some stuff, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm in on this. This should be really good. <laughs> and it, it was it really just, was not. it was boring as fuck. <laughs> it was so boring. <laughs> like, there's an interesting setup. I think, from what I understand from the director, the writers, directors, they were all discussing this. What mm. they want to do is not a just a reinvention of the first book or the first couple books or whatever they want to do in effect a sequel taking that looping idea of the seven books going back on themselves we could be on a different iteration of the timeline which sure okay whatever maybe that's fine Mm -hmm. could you have maybe like still drawn it out because if you've made it through the movie they basically condense the entirety of seven books down to two characters and one movie like it's (laughs) dumb yeah thoughts so i i i can understand i guess the the pacing you had to do for a movie like this to try Mm -hmm. to squeeze some stuff in there and Mm -hmm. do like a a reboot like you said if you will to kind of pick it up where the series ended and kind of give almost kind of give the fans uh what they didn't get (laughs) after reading all those other things i guess uh but as a movie itself like it had some really interesting you know artistic choices with some of the cgi and some of the the action and then the guns itself i think were pretty cool mm-hmm. um but it it didn't really have a payoff for me that i thought i was going to get from this kind of a movie with what i thought the stakes were going to be um they really didn't give me enough to even make me want to watch it a second time like i said i, I was bored with yeah. this movie and it was disappointing to see when i kind of remember like you said the gunslinger book as a kid i read it very young as a kid and and i haven't read it in years and i remember the series and like oh stephen king is that some good stuff you know i've read cujo i've read pet cemetery I, I know stephen king let's check this out and it was just disappointing yeah it was disappointing and there's this so if you want to make it a sequel that's fine you can that gives you the artistic liberty to reinvent the first book or so and take some twists and do some things and that's 
I get it. That works. That's that's that that's on my list. That's fine. I'm I'm happy with that. We discussed this in our last podcast, like taking a book and doing some changes for like The Shining or something, and going in a different direction a little to to artistic liberty, you know. Mm-hmm. But there's a certain expectation that if you're gonna attach the name The Dark Tower to it, you have to actually adapt The Dark Tower. <laughs> um, so they could have, and they didn't have to do the gunslinger, like just start at that. They could, there's, uh, the wizard and glass is the fourth book. And it's kind of a prequel that like establishes all of Roland's backstory before he goes on this quest to kill the man in black. So they could have been like, Hey, let's just adapt the sec, the section of wizard and glass first before we do gunslinger or something else. Let people get to know Roland a character. They didn't do mm-hmm. that. They didn't do the gunslinger at all either even though they use a single line from the start of the book to at one point the introduction of the movie which gets your hopes up for nothing um Mm -hmm. it it, i don't know what they decided they were doing but they didn't adapt anything well at all at 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 all Um, (laughs) (laughs) it it really kind of felt like if you didn't and and this kind of might say a little something like you can go into a a, quite a few movies and not really have an idea but be entertained and have an understanding and kind of get it they kind of i think went into this when they made it thinking that people like to your point would know kind of what the story was and just maybe took that for granted because they didn't explain things very well yeah like it's a very strange way to do i don't know an eighth novel that takes place after or something without having the other seven in there to really establish what the hell's going on like if you're supposed to know already going into the story then your expectations are going to be crushed because you're not getting any of the stories that you actually know and trying to tell people in like you know little like discussions with talk show hosts whatever oh you know we're thinking of this kind of as a sequel to the series you know, most people aren't going to get that. They're going to see the Dark Tower, and they're going to want to go see the gar- fucking gar- Dark Tower, you know? Right, so, right, right. So, like, there's a problem in, like, trying to do what they did. So, and then anyone else who doesn't know the books is just going to be like, what the fuck is this boring shit? It's, <laughs> the, the vibe I got that was worst of all for it was, I mean, this came out around the same time as Mortal Engines and some of those other late, like, YA novel adaptations. Yeah. And watching... Jake dealing with Idris Elba and slowly learning what's going on around him and the apocalypse that's going to come and all that. And he's the special one that has the the shine that will let him like save or destroy the Dark Tower. I'm sitting there going, they turned the Dark Tower into a YA adaptation. <laughs> that's a pretty interesting way to put it. I like that. It is, though. It's all about the kid, which is fine. But there's mm-hmm. very little about Roland. Roland is like this side character in the movie. Uh, and mm. you don't like him because you don't know anything about him. He's just this prick with a gun. Very good <laughs> with his gun. But just a prick with a gun. It's all about Jake. And I was sitting there going, I like Jake in the books. I like Roland in the books. Would have been nice if Roland actually showed up for this movie. Yeah. I'm looking at it right here. It says, a young boy Roland must call upon to complete his journey. Well, what's what's this journey that Roland's supposed journey? to be on? And yeah. you're kind of like, what what is this? I, th- this seems like there's a story element that's missing. <laughs> yeah, and the movie doesn't do a good job of establishing anything. Like, the books keep what the Dark Tower is secret for most of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, they don't they don't exactly explain it in the movie. So you're sitting there going, is the Dark Tower good or bad? Because, like, by Hollywood standards, Dark is bad. So, right. they, but the bad guys want to destroy it. And I pointed this out in my review. Why are the bad guys wanting to destroy it? What happens when they destroy it? The movie establishes none of this. It's like, (laughs) I think less than 90 minutes long, and it just like fucking breezes through shit. And you're like, oh, 
Well, that that was a movie that happened. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny because we've talked several times how like you can really trim the fat on some movies mm-hmm. that people pad a little bit. This one, like it, it it's it was too fast and it, it didn't give you any kind of like way to latch on and really process what was going on before they moved on to something else, mm-hmm. and it was just confusing. It was. Um, it had some good action and you know some good stuff in there, like you know visually it had some 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 good stuff but as far as like the movie itself with the plot elements i just didn't understand a lot of it yeah well and let's be honest stephen king writes tomes i don't even sure. call them novels at this point they're tomes <laughs> yeah they, you could squish a family of cockroaches with them and yeah they're, <laughs> they're big fucking books yeah his so, every book is his iliad or odyssey at this point he, he doesn't know how to write a small book even after mm. he got off the cocaine, he doesn't know how to write a small book. So, right. Like, so the thing with Stephen King is there's a lot of padding in there. He, mm. like, he got upset that the stand got trimmed down from 1,200 pages to 800 pages. And so he did the unabridged version. Like, oh, my God, this is more book I have to read. Um, <laughs> so, like, they did a, a mini series of the stand. That was, what, four episodes? It was four That's, episodes. Sounds four, right. Four. Yeah. And it's fine. It's a fine miniseries. They did a TV series of it that was 10 episodes, and that was way too long. Um, mm. The miniseries kind of feels a little long, honestly, if we're being, if we're really discussing it. Like, the, you can trim Stephen King's books down to movie length, and you don't lose a lot. But right. we're talking one book. Like, Christine is perfectly fine as a, a, a single movie. Needful Things or fucking Tommy Knockers, I think, was a miniseries, and it probably could have just been a single movie. Um I think they did a movie of Tommy Knockers as well, maybe. Mm. There's, there's maybe. a lot of... It, there's a lot of that out there. Yeah. Like, Carrie. Carrie was his first real novel to get published. Carrie is just about right as, like, a movie. And mm-hmm. we can tell this because they've done it three fucking times. Um, yeah. So, but... <laughs> so, like, they're, they're, you can make Stephen King work as a movie. So, uh, the idea of taking one of his books and make it into a movie, I have no problem with that. None whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They took seven. Seven yeah. fucking, and they're like, we're just gonna condense the important, the cliff notes of this down to a single like movie, and it's just like you've lost everything that made it special. I yeah, I think that brings me back to I think the point I made earlier that like you, they really almost took for granted that you kind of had an understanding of almost the entire series before right. going in. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that could even that, that didn't even save the movie. I think for some fans that maybe no. did have a general understanding because it paced shitty. Well, and it's like, if, so, so if you are a fan and you've read through all the books at this point, and so you are you know what's going on, you're going to be like, hey, where's the cocaine guy? Where's Susanna? These are a couple of my favorite characters, but they're not in the movie at all, and they're not going to show up then, but mm-hmm. they saved the Dark Tower, so the stories, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I don't know. There, there's a lot of people that were attached to this movie as well. It looks like J.J. Abrams had his name in there for a while. Mm-hmm. Ron Howard as well. It mm-hmm. seems like it changed hands quite a bit, and it really showed. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it went through. This felt like a development hell movie. I know the, the Ron Howard version was supposed to be like a movie based on the gunslinger, and then they were going to do kind of what I discussed, do a miniseries based on the prequel part of Wizard and Glass before doing Drawing of the Three after that as another movie and kind of bounce back and forth like that to mm-hmm. flesh out backstory but not necessarily have to focus on it for people that just want to see the movies i think that's considering the fact that we're talking eight tomes including the extra book he wrote later to fit in between books four and five there's a lot of material here that you don't necessarily need to have in movies so yeah yeah those that really want to see them could see them as a miniseries and i think that's a smart approach hollywood didn't like that they're like we can't make enough money off of that so <laughs> whatever 
It's always about the dollar in some way. It is. It is. Like, I can't be too sad because fucking ending of Dark Tower was a piece of shit anyway. Um, <laughs> I can't be too bad. At the same time, though, the gunslinger was right there. You can't just make that into a movie and then just expect people to come back later, really? I don't know. I, don't I mean, you, you got Edges Elba to play this role. Why yeah. not use him? He would have been a fantastic Roland if they'd actually let him be fucking Roland, you know? Yeah, he's a good actor, he like is. a really quality actor, and can pull off a lot of different roles, can do a lot of different things, and he, he was wasted. He was. He has nothing to do here. Basically, he sits around with a sour look on his face the entire movie. He didn't act. Yeah. In fact, he looked bored. This was a paycheck for him and nothing more. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of sad because mm-hmm. it's Stephen King, and you have mm-hmm. a certain, you know, expectation. You know, to your point, like you said earlier, with a name like that attached to something, you got yep. an expectation for yep. it. And it was, you know, I don't want to say a colossal disappointment, but it certainly wasn't good. No, it was. It wasn't. And of course, Hollywood's going to be sitting there going, "Well, no one wants to watch The Dark Tower. We're just not going to do it again." Like, yeah, I bet like, you did, just do it right the first time. Like, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you learned the wrong fucking lesson, guys. Sure, yeah. don't let Stephen King direct again. Never do another adaptation of Trucks. We, no one yeah. wants another Maximum Overdrive. But this, this could have mm-hmm. had the potential to be something good. Yeah, so. and you thought like I thought, like I said, when I saw the previews, I thought this was going to lead to something with some mm-hmm. of the names that were attached to this, and it's just as quickly forgotten. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, rem- I'm not gonna remember this after we're done talking about it. Nope. So. Let's end on a happy note. What is a Stephen mm-hmm. King adaptation you do like? And don't say it because we all no. I'm not going to say it. Podcast, okay, you, you, you can bash that to death. It's a great no, 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 adaptation. No, no. I'm, sure. I don't want to. I don't want to bash it. I like the first of the two It movies. But <laughs> no, we just I'm, we just covered it. So that's that's else. my point. That's my point. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 not going to windmill slam it down your throat. <laughs> I'm going to give this a little bit of thought and I'm going to actually think this. So an adaptation and movie form that i like mm-hmm. from stephen king mm-hmm. so carrie is very good like you said i like mm-hmm. cujo i thought that's a good movie um i would say the movie that probably creeped me out the most as a kid was probably pet cemetery um i think it's a pretty just creepy kind of movie with you know the way the father tries to bring the, you know, the kid back at the end and all that and the kid's undead it, I, I have visions of that that child's face and what it looks like, you know, as a child, as as a young kid, still in my head to this day. So I think as a child, I would have said Pet Cemetery uh, as probably my favorite adaptation by his. But that was, you know, what I saw first before I saw Cujo or Carrie or any of that. So I'll say that, but I'm sure you got a better one than that. Well, here, okay. So we, I mean, as I've noted, Stephen King has a lot of adaptations, many of them mm-hmm. bad. There's a lot of sequels to adaptations, many of them bad. I mean. need we mention all the fucking children of the corn films you know (laughs) yeah they're pretty bad and i mean i think the default answer a lot of people would have if they remember that it's not just horror that he writes would be the shawshank redemption which is or i guess you could also say stand by me since you brought that up as well that's another good one two of the three adaptations from different seasons that we've gotten but it's the third one of those that i honestly think for horror is my favorite adaptation from him, and that would be Apt Pupil. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen you that You need one. to see it. Despite the fact that it's directed by Brian Singer, um, mm-hmm. that, Brian Singer's a dick, uh, a, a monster, honestly. Let's, mm-hmm. let's not sugarcoat. Uh, mm-hmm. Dick was too nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Apt Pupil is about a kid who discovers that his neighbor oh, is a Nazi. I, rem- I remember this movie. Yes. I never saw it. Okay, yeah. You need to this see is- it. 
The, this unlocks a memory here. I'm going to watch this. Ian McKellum. Yes. You need okay. to see it because okay. I honestly think you like read the novella and then watch the movie. I mm-hmm. think the movie's scarier. Really? Yes. The, the book has a bleak ending, but it just kind of does the Stephen King thing where it just ends stupidly, as so many mm-hmm. Stephen Kings do. Sure. Um, Cell is such a terrible book. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, but Apt Pupil takes the ending and makes it bleaker, but also in such a way where the mo- the one of the two monsters is just going to continue existing, and they don't die. And mm-hmm. you're sitting there going, oh, my God, this sociopath is just out in the world. Like, that's the better ending. So. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely think that you should if you're, you should see Apt Pupil, but I would almost recommend reading the book first because you can see it so you can see whether or not it actually is better. In my opinion, it is. Okay. I'm going to do that. I'm going I'm to take some time to do that. I remember this movie. I, I think I saw parts of it, um, but I don't think I ever saw the entire thing. But I've, I remember this now. This looked mm-hmm. like it was quite good. And I did not know this was Stephen King at the time. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I knew Shawshank. You know, you mentioned Shawshank. That could be everybody's slam dunk, if you want to say it's a great Stephen King adaptation. <laughs> it's, it's one of the greatest movies, you know, of, of all time. Of all time. Yeah. A lot of people's no, lists. You can absolutely put that on there. Um, did he even did he write the Green Mile too? He did. Okay, so that's another one that's quite good actually. He should maybe stay in his lane a little bit when it comes to what <laughs> movies of his get adapted. I mean, <laughs> I'm noticing a theme here. <laughs> yeah, no, his dramas are actually pretty good. He, he's really good at drama. I just think he likes to just wander into the darkness sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, everybody's got that side of them, I suppose. And then of course, I mean, we can also mention misery. Yeah, that's a great movie too. That that almost made it onto my list of top horror movies we were talking about. It was pretty close, but I I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, that's fine. I I would agree with not putting it up there. Uh, it's one of those that's definitely the moments that are scary. And yeah, Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates is great. You know, James Caan as the mm-hmm. as the writer. It's it's got some good star power and it's a good movie. I think that's that's enough. I think we've enjoyed talking about everything but the Dark Tower. <laughs> Well, I think we gave up showing how some things he did that was actually good if it was given the proper care. Imagine that. Uh, with that, this has been Not So Live from Asteroid G. Fearing what happens when someone makes a movie adaptation of our work. I'm your host, Mike Finkelstein. <laughs> and I'm your buddy, Ghoul Mike. You guys have a good one.